0: Hello, hello, I'm Daniel Francis Baranowski,
1: and I'm your commentator today on the Voice of the Nation on the America Out Loud Radio Network. During this short hour, I'm going to speak about immigration and national security as it relates to immigration. But before I launch into this important subject, and it is a hot topic, there's something I'd like to get off my chest. A national event happened recently that really got my dander up. Apparently, I'm a Neanderthal. Now, please don't tell anyone, or I'll get suspended from Twitter for sure. Perhaps you're a fellow Neanderthal. So, if you are, in the spirit of fellowship, let me ask you if you heard part of, or the whole 25-minute lecture from Joe Biden to us Neanderthals. You know, the one he gave on national television several evenings ago. Joe is saving us Single-handedly, apparently, with a little help from Fauci now and then, from COVID-19. That's because Joe believes in the science. I think the only science he believes in is masks. And there's not a lot of science really behind this whole mask thing if you've listened to Fauci through time. But in any event, the one thing that was really missing, that really irritated me about this 25-minute lecture, was there was no mention of the orange man. Donald Trump was invisible. And Donald Trump's really the reason we have vaccines and we have therapeutics that we didn't have at the beginning of this pandemic. Now, one thing a lot of people don't know is that when Trump decided to go forward with Warp Speed, he placed bets with six pharmaceutical companies. Three of them have brought vaccines to market, and thank goodness that they have. And the top two, Pfizer and Moderna, are really top-notch vaccines, high-efficacy Really, really important stuff in a remarkable time. But in total, there were six companies that Trump entered into a public-private partnership with, not only putting money up front, but also with guaranteed uh, purchases once those vaccines made it through FDA approval. And Trump also moved heaven and earth to get the FDA and all the other, you know, accrediting bodies and, and reviewers ...to look at the clinical trials that approved these drugs. That, that, that in itself was a Herculean effort, believe me. Before Trump left the White House, he'd ordered his administration had ordered 800 million doses of vaccine. Now that's enough for 400 million adults. Remember, it's a two-shot process. This is before J&J brought their, their vaccine to market just recently... You know we only have 210 million adults there was plenty of vaccine that was going to be produced remember joe said there wouldn't even be a vaccine available until july or august uh when he was on the campaign trail and and hammering trump about how he'd handle covid so joe not knowing what to do is decided to turn around and order another 200 million doses of pfizer and moderna and 100 million which was going to happen anyway according to prior agreements, from J&J. Now, we we know this vaccine is safe because Joe had the nerve to tell us that on television the other night. He said that Camilla and him had taken their shots on television so that America and the world would know that these vaccines were safe. I don't know if you've seen the public service ads with the Obamas and the Bushes and the Clintons getting COVID-19 vaccines, same kind of idea. Who was conspicuously missing? <laughs> yeah, it was Trump. Yet it's Trump's vaccine they're all getting. It's hilarious, and it's very aggravating. Remember the campaign? Joe and Camilla didn't trust the vaccine. Trump, Trump's vaccine had, they had nothing to do with it. As it was as if Trump was making these uh, vaccines in the gold-plated bathtubs uh, down in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, I found a lot of really aggravating stuff in that 25 minutes. One of the other things that was really aggravating is Joe telling us that he's the truth teller. He's going to always tell us the truth. He's going to tell us the truth, nothing but the truth, so help me, Hunter Biden. When you hear a 50-year, lifelong politician say he's going to tell the truth, grab your wallet, run out the door, and hide somewhere. Somewhere not even the FBI is going to find you. And that shouldn't be too hard these days from what I've been seeing going on at the FBI. And, and did you notice the patronizing way that Biden talked during those 25 minutes? It's always sort of the same patronizing way. Camilla talks the same way. Obama did too. I, Trump never talked down to us like that. Joe talks to us as, as if we're all seven-year-olds. And well, I'm on the aggravation bit here, You know, if we just obey Joe and Dr. Fauci, if we just trust them, well, we're not going to have another national shutdown. Won't that be comforting? We'll be able to have a couple of people over, maybe as many as three, for a barbecue, for a very limited barbecue on the 4th of July. Now, wouldn't that be nice? Trust Dr. Fauci? I mean, what? Joe tells us that Fauci's a world-respected scientist. Well, he ought to be. We're paying him $420,000 a year in salary, not to mention the benefits. I mean, Fauci's been there since he got off the boat with Noah. But when it comes to public health policy, I don't really have any respect for anything Dr. Fauci has to say about COVID-19. Now, if Fauci told me the sky was blue, I'd have to go outside to see it for myself. I'd probably find it gray and cloudy and go back in, and he would tell me, well... It was blue yesterday, and it'll probably be blue again in the future. Thanks a lot. Dr. Fauci, if he had his druthers, we'd still be under our beds hiding from COVID. Dr. Fauci's now out criticizing Texas and the other states that just completely opened and rescinded their mask mandates. Yes, I'm becoming more cynical as time goes on. Fauci says their actions could cause a fourth wave of infections. It's always negative with these guys, with Biden and Fauci. It's always the politics of fear. I mean, I think we're running out of Americans to get COVID infections. Of course, we have 120,000 undocumented migrants crossing the border every month now, and they're bringing COVID with them. So maybe that's what Dr. Fauci is talking about. We're going to get more into the, I promise, get back to the immigration thing. I don't know if you know, but we're now vaccinating 3 million folks a day. Joe, just a couple days ago, disingenuously told us that when he said a million vaccines a day, that he was being extremely ambitious. That was a very lofty goal. Yeah, we were already at one and a half billion when he told us that. Do you realize at this rate of three million a day in 20 days, we'll have vaccinated 60 million people? And I want to add that to the 52 million already fully vaccinated. And then I want to add that to the 30 million confirmed cases of COVID of Americans. Now, when you add all that up, that's 142 million people protected. Back again, we've only got 210 million adults. I think we're going to be soon running out of people to get infections. And while I'm at it, I just have to mention, he had the nerve to mention his hero 19, I mean, $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief bill passed without one GOP vote in the House or the Senate. Do you realize only nine cents of every dollar in this bill, in this law now I should say, has anything at all to do with COVID-19? This is how I think about the $1,400 that I'm going to be getting uh, because Joe passed this bill, the Democrats did. Let's just say Joe Biden stops by and asks for my credit card. He charges $1,400 in a cash advance on my card. He gives me my card back and the $1,400 in cash and says, See how easy that was? Aren't you glad I did that for you? Be sure to vote for Democrats in the future. So now I have $1,400 of my own money. And I'm, if I don't pay this off immediately, I'm paying interest on top of that. And while we're talking about COVID and vaccines, let's talk about the teachers' unions. Now, Joe Biden has prioritized COVID-19 vaccines for teachers, but not for any of the Customs and Border Patrol agents. Do you realize that these agents sustained over 5,000 cases of COVID, of which 26 of these agents died from COVID? Yet we're allowing immigrants to come across the border at an infection rate of 11 or 12 percent, when the national average is under 4 percent. Now you might ask, Are the border agents exposed to COVID-19 as these migrants come into contact with them? Well, just in February, border agents expelled over 70,000 single adult and family unit migrants under Title 42, just in this last month of February. Now, the Biden administration is using this as proof that the border is not open. Although we had more than 100,000 people come across the border and stay in the country, uh, in the month of February. Title 42, I don't want to get into the weeds necessarily, but let me quickly tell you that Title 42 has been on the books for a long time. It's not a law, it's a, a policy, it's a rule, and it's a program that allows the border agents to prohibit entry to persons who potentially pose a health risk, either by virtue of being a subject to prior announced travel restrictions like flights in from China, uh, because of COVID, or because they unlawfully entered the country to bypass health screening measures. Now, there's only been six months in this federal fiscal year of 2021. That's from October 1 uh, to March 1 to date. And so far, they've been, there's been about 400,000 expulsions along the southern border by agents. But unquestionably, they're coming in contact with COVID. You want a quick comparison on our northern border There's been only 310 expulsions during this first uh, six months. So over 400,000 on the southern border, 310 on the northern border. It remains to be seen if uh, President Biden is going to continue these expulsions or whether he's going to loosen up on those, two. Well, before I go any further, I I promise to slow down, to calm down. And if you'll allow me, I'd like to introduce myself. I, I grew up in Mesa, Arizona. I'm remarkably familiar with the southern border. When I was at Project HOPE, which is an international healthcare education, non-governmental organization, I wrote and won several federal and private grants to establish allied health technical degree programs at several community colleges along, well, well actually on the Texas and California borders. I've been a lifelong conservative. I've kept a keen eye on national politics ever since my undergraduate days at the University of Arizona in Tucson. I'm a retired teaching fellow in the Department of Health Policy and Management at, at the Harvard University School of Public Health in Boston. And among other pastimes, I'm a longtime student of the American Civil War. That course of study is becoming more relevant every day. Well, I promised uh, to get to migration here, but not to get too sidetracked again. If you would allow me just to ask a few seemingly rhetorical questions, I I hope they'll illustrate an important point about today's Joe Biden policies, or should I say the policies of whoever in tarnation is running the White House. These questions most certainly have to do with immigration. First, allow me to ask you, do you have a will? No, I'm I'm serious. Uh, Do you have a will? I mean, a last will and testament. You know, it's a a will's a legal instrument. Let's say it lets you make decisions about how your belongings, how your debts, how your property is going to be managed and distributed after you die. It enables you to select your heirs, rather than allowing the state to decide who gets what. No, I, I'm not trying to sell you one. I, I'm not. I'm not an attorney. Yeah, me, yes. My wife and I have a will. We have three sons and grandchildren. And we review that will all the time, depending on who's naughty and nice. If you're 22, let me ask you, do you have a will if you're 22? And let me say, if you're 22 and are listening to America Out Loud, you're way ahead of the game. Congratulations. But that 22 year olds going to tell me, I, no, I have no assets. I have a 10-speed bicycle, a bunch of expensive college textbooks. I'm going to probably buy a used car this weekend, but I can't think I'm going to. Allow. I'm not going to leave that to anybody. And my girlfriend and I aren't aren't on the end anymore. No, no. So will's not not your main there. If you're 42, do you have a will? So you're married now. You have two young ones, and you and your spouse have been talking about it. Now allow me to ask: Do you follow politics closely? Well, obviously you do because you're listening to the premier conservative radio network the America Out Loud radio network. Well, how about voting? Did you vote? Did you vote in the last election? Why these questions, you say? Why why are you asking about wills? Well, whether you realize it or not, the government, the federal government, is writing a will for you. No, I'm not joking. Yes, Biden and the Democrats are writing a will for you. Biden and the Democrats are deciding what kind of America you're going to bequeath to your children and their children. It's a will with a massive debt owed. It's a will that will affect the values of your children. It's a will they will have to accept if they're going to get along in a socialist society. Now, if you thought you were going to bequeath our American Constitution to your children, well, you can forget that. They're already after the Second Amendment. They've got a good dent into the First Amendment. And they're coming after several other of our amendments as well. Now, if you thought you were going to have a say into which foreigners were going to migrate into the country, into your city, into your neighborhood, we can forget that too. If you thought that criminal aliens would be deported, would be apprehended and deported, no, that's not going to happen either. The will the Democrats are writing for you, for me, includes criminal aliens hanging around. And drugs. Well, don't worry about the drugs. The continued escalation, the continuing flow of addictive drugs, they're in the will, too. They're preparing them for our children. Now, if you're worried that your children won't get a chance to pay higher taxes to support the undocumented alien welfare programs set up by Democrats... Don't worry about that either, because that's also in the will. We must speak up now or suffer the consequences. Uncontrolled, careless, mindless immigration is one of those items you don't want in your will. Please trust me. Well, now we're going to get more into immigration, amnesty, and refugees. Since I'm asking so many questions, let me ask you, who won the 2020 elections in the U.S.? Yeah, who won? I posit the Mexican drug, human trafficking, and smuggling cartels won that election bigly. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. This massive rush to enter America illegally is all on Joe Biden and the Democrats, and the cartels are benefiting. The border crossings exploded January 20th, 2021, before Overwhelming you with numbers on migrants streaming across the border. I want to share with you how divided we are about what's important to Americans, to American voters. Recent polls asking Republicans and Democrats what's important to them. What's important to conservatives? What's important to Democrats? When they asked Republicans, conservatives, their top two categories were illegal immigration, and police support. Could you guess the Democrats' top two? Well, if you, if you figured Trump supporters was their number one concern, and racism was their second most popular concern. Congratulations. This past week, the Biden and Democrat propaganda fax machines have been busy sending out BS talking points, claiming Trump is responsible for what's occurring on the border, because of his inhumane, merciless policies and belligerent indifference to migrants. Now, as if this wasn't already ridiculous, Nancy Pelosi recently stated that the border surge is due to climate change. I guess our climate is better than that on the other side of the border. These public statements by Democrats don't even rise to the level of horse manure. The facts are that Biden issued several executive orders that have reversed all the border control good work of the Trump administration. Of the work of the Trump administration, of the work of Mexico with the Trump administration, with the work of the triangle countries with the Trump administration. Policies that were put in place to stem this wholesale nonsense and it's expensive nonsense. The most obvious and ridiculous and symbolic executive order that Biden instituted on his first day, his inauguration day, was to stop construction on the border wall. The next most notable ridiculous thing was to cancel Trump's stay in Mexico program, which was working wonders in keeping the numbers down. There was a remarkable decline in crossings. I mean, who's going to travel a thousand miles to sit in Mexico for an uncertain outcome? You're really going to think twice, and you're certainly not going to travel with a coyote or a human smuggler, a four-year-old or a twelve-year-old who's going to have to sit with that toddler or young person at the Mexican border waiting for up to six hundred people a day to be processed uh, for asylum claims. People really thought Two or three times before making that trip. Under the return to Mexico policy, agents were able to catch, apprehend migrants, and return them immediately to Mexico. No questions. They weren't going to hear their asylum claim. They had to go get in line in Mexico. Now we're back to catch, sort of document, and release them into the country. Now, President Biden recently filed legislation uh, called the U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021, which will completely overhaul the immigration system. This legislation would give a give total amnesty to, to an estimated 20 million aliens living in the U.S. illegally right now. Now, President Biden claims there's only 11 million, but there are a number of think tanks and policy groups that have studied this, and they believe minimally there are 20 million and possibly 25 million illegal aliens currently living. It's hard to estimate uh, children that have come over and crossed the border uh, since then living with families now. So there's a lot of controversy about how many, but in any event, it's an awful lot of people. The Amnesty Act that Reagan passed only allowed 3.5 million people amnesty and it was later revised up by the first uh, President Bush uh, to $5 million, but still we're more than doubling it, even if you take Joe's estimate. Now, among other objectionable acts within this legislation, it ensures continued open borders and big-time economic and legal relief once you're in the country. And although the legislation says you must have arrived To qualify for this amnesty, you must have arrived before January 1, 2021. This is nearly impossible to validate. And they found that out in the 1986 amnesty bill as well. Who's really documented when you entered the country? Now, here's the catch, even with just letting you in, in temporary protective status. The Democrats have another bill that they're really hot to pass. It's called H.R. 1. I'm sure you've heard about it or certainly are going to hear a lot more about it. It's called For the People Act, which is really a bill that's all about uh, to guarantee Democrats stay in power in perpetuity. It's a bill that usurps the state's rights over federal elections. It makes it unlawful, unlawful to ask a voter registrant if they are a citizen. Let me repeat that. It will become unlawful for you to ask anyone registering the vote if they are a citizen. What this translates into every undocumented alien is going to be a registered voter because there's also assurances that all kinds of registries will be used to automatically register voters. Now this is a threat to our national security and you're going to see when we talk about the Mexican cartels. The Mexican cartels could easily control our elections in America in the future. They have that kind of hold over many of the people they're ferreting across our borders today. Well, now for some numbers. No matter how you look at it, these numbers are mind-numbing. Nearly 10,000 unaccompanied minors crossed the border in February alone. That was a 61% increase over the January number, which was around 6,000. You know, 25 to 30% of these are under the age of 12, it's costing taxpayers $800 a day per child to hold them either at the border in the, in, in, in the agent's facilities or at one of the HHS facilities, which they're obligated to turn these children over to HHS within the first 72 hours. And March is going to double this number more than likely. I mean, 2021 is already the largest human trafficking event ever in the U.S. history. Border Patrol's estimating that nearly 120,000 unaccompanied minors. Unaccompanied minors are not there's not an adult with them and if there is one they're not their parent. will cross into the states this year. But frankly, they've stopped estimating these projections already cuz the numbers are are escalating up so much every day that they they can't really get a beat on it. Also, family units, mother, pregnant women Fathers, very few with children, mothers with children. These numbers that are coming across are unfathomable. In total, I, I believe we're set to have over 2 million foreigners skip the legal immigration process, claim asylum in the United States, and be let, let go anywhere in the, into the country. And this is only the ones that we apprehend at the border. For every 100 immigrants or migrants apprehended at the border, 69 enter undetected. Now, these estimates are compiled by the Border Patrol and they have a very sophisticated estimation procedure for this. The technical term for these uh, migrants that skip through are called gotaways, they got away. So far, the six months of this federal fiscal year, October to to March 1st, Border Patrol estimates that 118,000 Gotaways, got away Last year, only sixty nine thousand skipped apprehension altogether. We've already blown through that number. We have six months to go yet. And it appears that Biden's presidency is the best thing that's happened to human traffickers in the last four years. Recent data gathered by border patrol agents say that any immigrant from Mexico pays a cartel. there are several cartels that are dealing in, in human trafficking, between 1500, and $2500 dollars for help and the cartel's permission to cross into the US. Those traveling from one of the Central American com- countries pay anywhere from eight grand to 15 grand to, to, to one of the cartels. Those coming from overseas are reportedly paying 40 to 50,000 dollars to be smuggled across the border. The truth is you can't get into the U.S. via the southern border without the cartel's help and permission. They control the entire process, and these people are ruthless. In fact, several news organizations are reporting that migrants are arriving with different colored wristbands indicating which cartel is responsible for a particular migrant and whether the migrant is paid in full. In the last three months alone, human traffickers have made billions upon billions of dollars on human trafficking trade. Yes, it's outright extortion. So you ask why would immigrants pay these sums? Well, it's because America's quickly becoming a migrant welfare nation. They have free health care, free schooling, free housing, free food, a number of other amenities. The median income in Honduras is only $2,400 per person per year. The median income in Mexico is around $2,500 per person per year. Now, to disincentivize migrants from coming here for public welfare and to work illegally and then send dollars back home to bring more family members to America, Trump began to enforce something called the public charge rule. Now, this rule says that an alien who is likely at any time to become a public charge, in other words, welfare, is generally inadmissible to the United States and ineligible to become a lawful permanent resident. Now, Democrats recently sued the Trump administration over the public charge rule. The Supreme Court ruled that the public charge r- rule remains lawful. It's still in place. But Biden has told immigration not to press this rule going forward. So it's simply fine to come and take all the public assistance you can get your hands on. Now, how much is this? public assistance totals somewhere between 140 to $160 billion each year for immigrants living illegally in America. Now, you can tweak these numbers, but nobody's got this uh, estimate under $120 billion, and most of them put it between that range, $140 and 160 It's the local communities, towns, and cities, and the states that bear most of these costs. So, the if you're living in one of the border states with a lot of immigrants, a lot of illegal immigrants, you're bearing these costs in your uh, property taxes and a lot of other ways. And while Border Patrol swamped with this flood of destitute migrants, the cartel's smuggling trade of counterfeit goods and drugs, it's thriving. Moreover, cartel members enter the country and act as enforcers. Some of these... Migrants pay half their fare to the cartels and promise to pay the other half while they're working in the states. And believe me, they collect. Texas Governor Abbott reported just recently that one day at a local Texas border station, agents apprehended 800 criminal aliens that included 78 sex offenders and 62 known gang members. Those are just the ones they caught back to the children. You have to ask, how does a four- or five- or six-year-old travel from a Central American country to our border and then cross the Rio Grande River in Texas to claim asylum? This is the uh, more than a thousand-mile trip from one of these Northern Triangle countries, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras. Well, what is an eight-year-old doing claiming asylum? Asylum from what? Asylum is supposed to be a place of refuge and protection, giving shelter to criminals and debtors. It's a sanctuary. That's how asylum was most often used in our vocabulary. But today, asylum means protection granted by a nation to someone who has left their native country as a political refugee. Now, how does an eight-year-old claim sanctuary from political persecution? Well, of course, if a child showed up at my door, at your door, you would take them in. You'd try to find their parents or family. You'd feed them. You'd clothe them. You'd protect them until the uh, authorities could, could intervene. Border Patrol has 72 hours to process these unaccompanied minors before handing them over to HHS. They have a massive HHS facility at Donna, Texas. And currently it's over 729% over capacity. Now, this, this facility has almost 200,000 square feet. It sits on 40 acres, and it's over 700% over capacity. And yes, they're putting kids in cages for their own protection. Remember the Trump years? I mean, how did the press treat kids in cages then? Well, you don't hear anything about it now, really. The flow has been so massive that Border Patrol and HHS are overwhelmed. So now President Biden has ordered FEMA, our federal emergency program, to assist on the things on the border. But we're still at a challenge, according to the best spokespeople for the Biden administration. Well, let's take a pause. On the other side, let's get back to what's going
0: on on the border.
1: Be back in a moment.
0: Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa.
2: Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. It's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together, and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement, and veterans.
3: My fellow Americans, this is Malcolm Outloud. You know, a few years back, I was in corporate boardrooms offering counsel to business executives worldwide. It was important in demanding work, but out of the corner of my eye, maybe like you, I was watching some dangerous trends in our nation marxist teachers and professors brainwashing our children a media that was not just biased but complicit and overly partisan an offshoot of the democrat party even and the progressive culture that was shutting down even violently any voices that challenge these radical ideas and tactics well americaoutloud.com was born at that very moment Well, it was a challenge I could no longer ignore, and I joined forces with some of the nation's most influential voices to bring you the real news and discussions that Americans need to hear at this crucial crossroads in American history. It is a fight for the soul of humanity. America Out Loud Talk Radio is the voice of liberty and justice for all.
0: Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com.
1: Well, welcome back. Time is short. And there's so much I want to share with you about the immigration crisis. Immigration is such a complex issue, and we just won't have the time to review sizable amount of crime attended to immigration nor are we going to get to the complexities of Joe Biden's immigration reform bill nor are we going to get to the impact of Biden's executive orders to lift travel restrictions on countries that harbor terrorists I, I want to point out that I'm only talking about illegal migration across our southern border today but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention another form of illegal immigration. And it's a sizable one. Homeland Security reported this year that over 700,000 foreigners, now that's almost three quarters of a million, 700,000 foreigners who came by plane or ship, as opposed of by a land, as we're talking about on the southern border. These 700,000 foreigners overstayed their visas from October 2016 to September 2017. Now remember, October 1 to September 30 is the federal fiscal year. That's why they report it that way. These reports highlight that during that same time period, people who overstayed their visas accounted for 62%, 62% of the newly undocumented illegal aliens. Well, if they're 62%, it meant that 38% of illegal immigrants were coming via the border I didn't think it was that top heavy surprisingly Homeland Security has not consistently tracked how many foreigners are overstaying their visas that's perhaps why we're not paying any attention to it or doing very much about it however thankfully other research institutes that they've been tracking the numbers now According to their data, overstays accounted for only 34 percent of illegal entries into the U.S. in 2004. If you can even remember that far back, I'm not sure. I can, I'm not sure I can. But by 2014, they made up 66 percent of new entries. Today, they're 62 percent. They estimate that at least 40 percent, 42 percent, somewhere in there of the 11 million undocumented immigrants living in the US are overstays. Now that 11 million number is controversial. There's many groups that think that number's really around 20 million. These are the people that Uncle Joe wants to give amnesty to, and there's going to be quite a hullabaloo about that. Overstays have significantly exceeded illegal border crossings, it turns out, during each of the last seven years visa overstays are making up a larger share of immigrants obviously coming here illegally every year so while our southern border wall which i've been very much in favor of and our enhanced technology which is quite remarkable they're important in the effort to control illegal migration these tools they don't even touch irregular migration from those who overstay our courtesy visas to have them come visit. Mexico was the leading country for overstays in 2017. I suspect it remains so. They had twice as many overstays as India or China. I was pretty surprised to see India and China in the top three category. The fact is that all our current attention on what's going on on the border has completely detracted our attention from this, which is a growing problem. I think overstays are a problem here, here to stay. Well, back to the border. There's something not mentioned in any of the reports that I've reviewed about this explosion of unaccompanied minors, and that's the health status of migrant children. I'd say that health status is an extremely critical part of our national health security. Two top stories were just reported over the newswire's During our program break, first is a report out of Brownsville, Texas, noting that there's now 220 migrants that were just released into the country from the Border Patrol. Well, they've tested positive for COVID-19. Now, these people are being tested not by the Border Patrol, but by non-governmental organizations, Catholic charities, groups like that. And they have no authority to do anything except report the data to these people. They they have no authority to stop them or to place them in quarantine. Just nobody has the authority to do that. So they get on buses, they get on planes, and they're out there somewhere. Seems a little irresponsible. In March of 2020, citing the pandemic, the Trump administration issued an order under Title 42. Now that allowed Border Patrol agents to swiftly expel immigrants they considered health risks. The order covers asylum sinkers and unaccompanied children. Well, in April of that year, one month after this uh, rule was rolled out, expulsions accounted for 91% of all the Border Patrol's apprehensions on the southern border. Apprehensions fell in nearly every border sector across the board particularly in the Rio Grande sector, which is the subject of today, because they're totally overwhelmed with unaccompanied minor children. So instead, the Biden administration is releasing infected migrants into the country. Well, the second story that just broke during the break concerns a report uh, by, out, out of uh, Gila Bend by the mayor, Gila Bend, Arizona, now, I've been to Gila Bend many times. It's a small town of around 1900 people. It's in the southwestern portion of Maricopa County. Probably doesn't mean much to most people. It's about 70, 70 miles southwest of Phoenix. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of idea if You know, Phoenix is sort of central. The mayor says the city is completely in the dark on the migrants that will be placed in his city, and the federal government can't give him any information on the backgrounds of the people being placed in Helipin. Importantly, he says, they can't tell us what their health issues are. Now, the mayor said, we, we just don't have the ability to care for these people. It's a small small town of 1,900 people. Furthermore, the mayor said, at this point, what we're looking at is we're a very economically depressed community. We can barely afford to take care of our own people, the ones that we have here in our own community now. Apparently, the Border Patrol advised the mayor just recently. They're basically going to drop people off and heal a bend. And then those people are the mayor's problem. He says we just don't have the ability to care for these people. And quite frankly, it's going to cost us tens of thousands of dollars a year to be able to provide them with a bottle of water and a sandwich when they get dropped off. Because they're... We're just not able to do much for them. Uh, we can't; they can't give us any background information. They can't tell us what their health issues are. And we have a lot of seniors, he says, and elders that are susceptible to COVID. Now, this is a story that that's repeated hundreds of to- times in towns and cities ac- across the southern border, and I've been to a lot of them. Obviously, their problems are are bigger than just giving them a bottle of water and a sandwich. But it's a way through, and who knows how long they'll stay. Isn't health security once again a national security issue? Well, another topic, while Latin America has been particularly good about vaccinating its children, there's a growing number of these countries that are falling behind in their vaccination schedules for many of the common childhood diseases. Chickenpox, diphtheria, flu, hepatitis A and B, measles, mumps, polio, rubella, tetanus, whooping cough, just to mention a few. The child vaccination records, if you're a parent, you know this, the child vaccination records and keeping up with them are a headache for American parents. There's no way, unfortunately, to validate which vaccines unaccompanied minors have received, or if they're currently carrying a childhood disease of some kind of personal health risk. I mean, this is one of those second and third order effects they always talk about that come with uncontrolled migration. Just like the crisis that's happening in in Gila Bend. Without our substantial anti-vaccination crowd in America, perhaps we wouldn't have a problem. We have, unwisely in my opinion, left many of our children unprotected because of fear of vaccination. We've left them unprotected from many of these diseases. Now, the introduction of possible disease carried into the country by migrants, in my opinion, is a real concern. Ronald Reagan said, a nation that cannot control its borders is not a nation. On President Biden's first day in office, he suspended construction on the southern border wall. He left materials and labor contracts still to be paid, regardless of whether the wall was going to be completed. As you probably know, there are very few physical barriers on the southern border. When President Biden stopped the wall construction, there still remains multiple tracks where there's no wall or anything to deter illegal migration. Smuggling, human trafficking. Cartels just drive across the border through these holes. Remember, Biden's promised to reverse, and I think he probably has, all of Trump's deterrence focused policies that disincentivized illegal immigration. For instance, he wrote an executive order to end deportations during his first 100 days in office. Now, the courts have temporarily blocked this and deportations are going forward. But that was proof. this was proof, really, uh, t- to ICE and Border Patrol that America is, is now really a sanctuary nation. He doesn't want you to go out and catch people that need to be deported, and their focus has been predominantly on criminals. Well, another story that just came across the wire just a second ago was from ICE, you know, ICE's mission to protect us from cross-border crime and illegal migration, anything that threatens our national security, public safety. And and this group, these Asians, were primarily in the interior of the country. Now, under Biden's order, ICE was holding a little over thirteen thousand illegal aliens in detention for expulsion at the end of February. Now that's a drop of sixty two percent. That seemed to be a funny number keeps coming up. Sixty two percent over the arrest in January. So they're just not arresting people. This is proof that Joe Biden's sanctuary country orders are gutting and they're gutting our interior immigration efforts. And I do think that's gonna have consequences. We're not gonna talk about crime, but that's where it ends up. Joe recently also canceled the Border Patrol's Twitter account that messaged to the public to be on the lookout for recent aliens who had illegally crossed they saw them on drones or whatever, they released into America, but nobody's had a chance to apprehend them, so give us a call. I'd say that uh, Trump's America First policies have been completely jettisoned, for an America is a doormat policy. And what we have now is a full-on push-and-pull border immigration system. You come here illegally as an adult, you give birth to a child on American soil, making the child an American citizen, and so now the parents get to stay. I don't know if you've been watching the pictures on television, but how many pregnant women have you seen crossing the border on these pictures? It really is pretty significant. For these other people, you send a child first, an unaccompanied minor, so you pay $8,000. You've got to get all that back and then some. You allow the child to get settled, and then later the parents come to the States And they get to say, What a country. And those people who come here illegally, work illegally, and then send money home to pay the cartels to bring other family members over, well, it's just a hook and ladder event where one person brings another person. It's all part of chain migration. So why are they coming? They're coming here because of promness amnesty from Job free services and promised green cards. These people are economic refugees and I understand that. But they're not political asylum seekers. You know there's approximately 4.5 billion people that qualify or could qualify as economic refugees. The Gallup poll did a survey uh, in Latin America in 2018. They said more than 50 percent of the respondents said they'd move to America in a heartbeat. You know how many millions of people that is. Border Patrol is now reporting they're apprehending growing numbers of Romanians, Africans, Chinese, Vietnamese, Filipinos, Spaniards, Venezuelans, Panamanians, and the, and the list just goes on. It really is practically a Noah's Ark effect. But I make no apologies, none whatsoever. America, a nation of three hundred and thirty million people has more foreign-born immigrants than any other nation on the planet. The margin isn't even close. In 2018, we had nearly 45 million legal and illegal immigrants. We have more foreign-born immigrants than than anybody. 25% of our foreign-born immigrants, unfortunately, are undocumented aliens. Since changing our immigration laws in 1965, our unauthorized or illegal alien population has tripled. Now, the 1965 law change was an important one, and it shifted our focus from country quotas. So each country had a quota of number of people that could apply for legal immigration. But we changed it to a family-based system, that's really allowed for chain migration. So now it's turned into, who do you know to get into the country, not what can you bring to the table to get in the country. Now, Joe Biden says we need an immigration system that reflects our values. I have to ask, what might those values be? He doesn't think that we're humane enough when we already lead the world in foreign-born immigrants. Not to mention a million, approximately a million people every year that are given citizenship, that are naturalized, that went through the system, which is an expensive and quite complicated system, to become a legal resident and then a citizen. Are you saying we're not compassionate enough? I'd say we're the most compassionate nation in the history of the world. and I, Like I said, I make no apologies. But, you know, the Secretary of HHS now, uh, act, uh, Homeland Security, uh, he's got the nerve now to ask for volunteers to help with the hundreds of thousands of immigrants coming to America illegally across the border. You know, the, the amount we're paying right now to have these people here, the illegals costing somewhere between 120 $140, 160000000000 billion dollars a year, I think we're pretty generous You know that less than 10% of those showing up for political asylum hearings, those are the ones they signed up for when they walk through. Not not everybody signs up, by the way. They catch them and release them anyway. You don't have to sign up. Less than 10% are granted asylum. And even worse, fewer than 20% of those applying for asylum show up for the hearings in the first place. I mean, who are we fooling? Ourselves, of course. Did we really give Joe Biden a mandate in electing him president to open the border to all comers and saddle us with the bills? The DEA confiscated over 400 pounds of fentanyl just recently. Smug- they were smuggling across the border. Not to mention the tons of cocaine, meth, marijuana, and other illegal substances, these addictive substances that are confiscated. ICE confiscates 400 pounds of narcotics daily. We're too busy processing immigrants on the border to patrol the border. Democrats are dead set against using E-Verify to control illegal employment. Of course, this would cut down on part of the incentive to illegally enter the country and work. One of the myths is that migrants do the work that Americans don't want to do, or are were, we're either too arrogant or... Uh, too stooped in our ways uh, to do this kind of work. Baloney. I mean, growing up, I worked in the onion and cantaloupe fields in Arizona during the summer months. If we paid illegal labor, a fair market-based wage, maybe Americans would also compete for these jobs. Instead, our values, our compassion, leads us to underpay this illegal work because we can, and we can get away with it. Besides, what makes anyone believe migrants any more than Citizens want to do this unrewarding work instead of receiving welfare. And another question, how much unskilled labor do we need to import? We currently have 10 million Americans out of work. The fact that Biden administration is paying them to stay unemployed at least until September by offering over generous unemployment compensation is part of the problem. But I ask you again, how much unskilled labor from uneducated migrants do we need? Do we need two million a year, five million a year? So why why don't we just increase legal immigration to five or ten million people a year instead of all this theater? You may not know this, but 50 percent of migrants coming across the border today have less than a sixth-grade education. 27 percent only have high school, and that's questionable. That means 84 percent that are crossing have little education, what work are they going to do? The truth is Democrats are scared silly to increase legal immigration that says you must have a means to support yourself if you come across the border. They'll never switch away from family-based system to a merit-based system, which is Trump was proposing. A family-based system just says you need to know a family member in the States. But a merit-based system says you need a skill to enter the country and preferably one that will support you and your family. Well, our time is getting very short. I'm going to cut right to the chase. The Pew Research Center recently surveyed more than two decades of data showing the Democratic Party maintains a wide and long-standing advantage among Hispanics in our country. Among white voters, the partisan balance has generally been stable over this past decade, and. Those people are Republicans. You bet. Latinos are an especially important part of America, not only for their culture, but also their political power. Non-white eligible voters account for more than three quarters of the total U.S. electorate. Electorate's growth in, uh, since 2000. Hopefully, we can revisit some of this stuff in the future because there's so much again to be said. But let's face it, the Democrats are all about voting and power. I'm sorry I've got to close now. I'm Daniel Francis Baranowski and it's been a pleasure being here with you for this very short hour. America is only as strong as our free voices allow us to be. That's why this network is called America Out Loud. Thank you for hearing our voices. I look forward to our next adventure here on Voice of the Nation on America Out Loud.